0: you better get them there. They'll miss out if you don't. And then they'll say, why mommy and daddy not good to me? Why don't they take me to church? Get me in that good thing. Good to see everybody today. My goodness. I tell you what, it's just a, it's a good time to be alive. Did you know that? Jesus is doing some wonderful things in this day. And, and uh, we were talking the other week about the possibility, you know, of, you know, who, who was speaking next and this, that and the other. And and uh, I had something stirring in me probably for a day or two, but I didn't say anything. I mean, when they were asking things, I, thought, I just told Pastor Brian, I said, what be a good time, you know, you know, with what you've been teaching on, if you talk about the mind of Christ. And, uh, and, and next thing I know, I was elected to do today. And uh, Pastor John said, you think you can do that in a day? Well, I can't do it all, but I'll get you started. How about that? And, uh, and this is important to me, too, because Pastor Brian, if, if you were here, that's some of the best sermons he's ever shared in this stand series. He was going through a lot of Ephesians there, and Ephesians really is a blueprint for maturity in the life of a believer. And if you were here on that uh, the last one he did last week, he really talked about God being our architect and how he's made us to withstand uh, all the workings and devices and things the devil has in store for us. Well, guess what? God's got more in store for us. And, and I see my mind of Christ saying, and, and to me, this is very important because there was a point in my life, and, and this will kind of explain the title, Losing my mind. There's a point in my life where I had arthritis uh, in a bad way. My wife sitting there in the front row should she tell you, I'd wake up in the middle of the night screaming, it hurts so bad, and my joints would swell up and different things. And this was a process. I'd like to say all of a sudden, God, the you know, angel appeared in my room and God, <laughs> supernatural hit and been take that. It took weeks and it took months, over a period of uh, a few years there, for me to defeat that thing. But the biggest battle of all was not in what was being done. They wanted to give me drugs that would make my, my stomach bleed on the inside. All kinds of crazy stuff was going on. But what was happening was what was happening in my mind. Because I had to lose my mind in order to get the mind of Christ on that and to get the mind of God on that to receive the healing to drive that mess out of my body. And so for me, this is a very serious thing as we talk about today. But before we get too serious, let's take a look at this. These are some things from the the minds of children. Uh, This this five-year-old goes to his dad. He said, what if we put a slice of turkey into the DVD player and it played a movie about the turkey's whole life? Five-year-old, you found things in the, probably the old one, the the ones we used to use, uh, not the DVD. Well, DVD players, too. They can shove stuff in there. Uh, Two second-grade boys were talking. I thought this was kind of funny. Do you think you will ever fall in love? Well, one little boy looks at the other and said, I don't know. I think she likes pancakes and probably. (laughs) This is cute, too. Several of them here that I've I've got written down. I kind of picked through them. This girl asked her, she had a little three-year-old cousin, and she asked him, said, well, how much do you weigh now? He said, oh, about 50 squirrels. About 50 squirrels, that's the way he answered. Uh, this was pretty good too. This eight year old went to her mom and she says, How come you only cook food that I hate? And uh, she's waiting for a response there. And her mom says, Well, for starters, I use a cookbook that says meals that kids hate. That little girl looked there and said, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is good too. Uh, this six year old went to his dad and he said, uh, he, he tells his dad and, and he says, Make a wish. And his dad looks at him and says, I wish you'd go to bed. And uh, he said, no, Dad, no, make a better wish. He said, I, I wish you'd go to bed really fast. And so the kid looks at him. He says, that's why grown-ups never get their wishes. <laughs> oh, there's so many out there here. I, I know we've got to get going here, but let's see. This one's kind of cute, too. This little boy uh, it says uh, he, he's brushing his teeth, and his mom comes in. And he says, I like brushing my teeth. It makes my teeth sharp. <laughs> he wasn't following his teeth. Oh, I've got to do this one, and we'll get going for real. This one. This one's a four-year-old, and he's riding in the car, and he's sitting in the back seat with his mom and dad in the front. And you know these kind of cup-shaped masks that they have now, the white ones that really look like a cup? It was laying like that on top of the, the, the little console there. And all of a sudden, uh, this little kid in the back, you know, uh, she, she speaks up, and she says, She says, Mommy, why is your bra in daddy's car? <laughs> <laughs> That's enough of that. We're moving on. All right. Minds of children's change. So should the minds of us. We should be changing our minds as we grow along and spiritually. Our, our, our spiritual minds should be developed just like every other part of us. We don't get it, whoom, all at one time, and all of a sudden we do get a change, and we do have the mind of Christ come in, but we have to nourish that mind, and we have to take care of it as we go along. Uh, personal responsibility is on us. Nobody can do that for us. It's up to us. Every Christian has a responsibility. If we do that, if we let our minds develop and keep them on the things of God, our family will get better. Better. And guess what? When we come to church, our church will become stronger too as well. It's important for us to do that. I, I thought it was always important the way Apostle Paul, I love referring to Apostle Paul. Uh, and we've heard a lot about him going through the Ephesians series. But he said in Second Corinthians there, or excuse me, 1 Corinthians, he said, when I was a child, I talked as a child. I acted like a child. I behaved like a child. And I reasoned like a child. He's talking about the reasoning he had. He said, but as I got older, I became a man. I put away those things. And there's certain thoughts that we have to put away. It says in Hosea that, that God's people, they, that King James, I believe, says perish for lack of knowledge, or some translations do, say perish for lack of knowledge. But really what it's talking about there, they're destroyed for lack of knowledge. If you don't have the right knowledge about God's word and what he's teaching, and many of us have grown up possibly uh, or came from backgrounds where the knowledge we got was not truly accurate uh, that some of the things were taught. That's why it's good you're here at Joy Christian Center. Pastor Brian teaches a solid, accurate word, and you don't want to miss out on that. But notice it says in Proverbs 2.6, it says, The Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So if you're doing the things that the Lord says and going into the word and doing like he asks us to do because he wants us to get into his word, if we do that, notice, spiritual maturity is going to come, and with that spiritual maturity comes that renewed mind. As our minds have more knowledge and they're renewed to the ways of Jesus, then we'll, we'll, we'll do what we should do. Uh, you know, uh, some, some, some people, I probably shouldn't go here, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know, uh, it's okay, Lord? Yeah, it's okay. All right, some people vote because grandpa and great-grandpa voted a certain way. Did you ever notice those bracelets they used to wear at WWJD? What would Jesus do? They should be doing that today. If they're voting something because mom and dad did it and grandpa did it and everybody else, grandpa, you know, it's, it's a different era we're living in than when grandpa lived. We have to look at the facts and we have to see what's being said. We have to compare that to the word of God. What does God's word say about what they're saying? I've learned to do that through the years. You know, I had doctors tell me all kind of squirrely stuff when I was going through that. Uh, that arthritis thing, oh, you'll be like this for the rest of your life and you'll have this, that, and the other. If I'd have listened to them, I'd probably been in a wheelchair today, or maybe even dead. I had to make up my mind, I'm not listening to what they're saying. I'm believing what God's Word says, and God says that my God is a healer. I'm going to come through this thing. Without, I'm, this pain's going to leave my body. Eventually, I'm going to drive it out with the Word of God. And so I chose to believe that. Now, it's, it's, it affects all areas of my life. And I want to take you for just a minute here, 2 Thessalonians. It said, with this in mind, we constantly pray that our, this is Apostle Paul writing. He's writing to the Thessalonians. He said, with this in mind, we constantly pray that our God will empower you to live worthy of all that he has invited you to experience. And we pray that by his power, all the pleasures and goodness of all, and, and all works inspired by faith would fill you completely. By doing this, in the name of our Lord Jesus, we'll be glorified in you, and you will be glorified in him by the marvelous grace of our God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this is coming out of 2 Thessalonians. He'd already written them a letter in 1 Thessalonians and he was bragging on them because they were a good church and a model church and they were growing in their faith. Well what's happening here they're under heavy persecution and he didn't want them to lose that, that, that zeal that they had, that drive that they had to do what the Word of God was teaching them to do with the knowledge they had, the things he was teaching them. And I say the Word of God because the Apostle Paul was there teaching them and he was getting it from Jesus Christ and he was teaching those people. So he wanted them to stay through the, and stay for the through the persecution they were going through, and he reminded them that there's a heaven to gain. He said that God's going to come back and he's going to reward trouble with trouble. In other words, those that are troubling everything, they're going to get theirs in, in due time. We don't have to be the ones out here trying to uh, to, to bring about retribution. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. All we have to do is do what God says do. And he's said the day's going to come when God's going to deal with this. That's why he was saying here. What's in mind? When he said there, with this in mind, with this in mind, someday you're going to have that eternal rest. Someday you're going to be in a place where you won't be bothered with these goofy things that's going on in the world. And he's trying to get them to understand that. So we see here, he wants them to have that faith life. Why? Because the faith life is the life that pleases God. That's the life that pleases God. Now, he writes in in chapter 2 here, he comes back and he says, Now, regarding the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we plead with you, beloved friends, not to be easily confused or disturbed in your minds by any kind of spirit, rumor, or letter alleged from us, claiming that the day of the Lord has already come. There were people in that day that were writing things that were so contrary to the word of God that people were disturbed, they were agitated. They were telling, essentially, they were saying, the rapture has already happened. This persecution is part of the plan. We've got to go through all this goofy mess. And, and he was trying to say, no, that's not true. They're, they're, they're in error. They were even forging letters, taking letters and signing Paul's name to it and saying this is from the Apostle Paul to try to confuse them more. They didn't have the right facts, folks. Our facts need to line up with the Word of God. If we're going to keep our mind right, if we're going to go out of our mind and get into the mind of God, we've got to stay with, with God, what God's Word says about it. This, this guy I know, I've known him for many, many years. His name is Joseph Morris. Each week, every Wednesday, he has what's called an end of days update. And he'll give four or five minutes of current things that are happening in the world. And then he'll also spend the last three or four or five minutes. He'll, he'll begin. It's about a you know, 10, 12-minute deal. He'll, he'll talk about uh, what God's Word says about end times. And he, he makes a statement. He says this. He said, it's not an escape theology. It's an acceleration theology. He said, when you see the finish line, you run faster, not slower. And I thought that's a good way to think about it. The things we're seeing going on right now, it's not just, oh, I can't wait to get to heaven. No, we got stuff to do before we get to heaven. Jesus put us here for this time. He put us here now that we can do his works in the earth and let the whole world begin to see how great our God is. He's not going to let us down. He's going to be here, and he's going to show up on time. Now, this false teaching that they were getting at that time, the apostle Paul was having to deal with, uh, it was everywhere in Paul's day. I mean, people, the Christians were hearing all these things, and, and uh, I'll tell you what's the truth. Every week I get so much mess on my computer that comes in, people send me, the, you know that you Think of something that's just you know brand new news, or that, that, that we need to hear from some you know somebody that don't even know what they're talking about. And I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. Get your mind all twisted up because our minds can be twisted. We gotta stay with what's right and, and what the Word says about it. It's important because he wanted to bring the truth about doctrine to the people. He wanted them to understand that this is what God's Word says about it. You know, there's a guy. I don't know. This years back, but there's a guy in the desert. He was running around claiming he was Jesus. He was out there. He had returned and he landed in the desert. And Jesus is gonna come. He's going to be in the desert. And, and there are people following him, believing him, you know, that he was the Christ that had returned. Uh, he, wanted to, he wanted to bring understanding, too, about right living. If you truly believe these are the last days that we're living in, that Jesus is going to come back, don't you want to live right? I'll never forget. There's a gal who worked with my wife uh, at a law firm she was working at. And she went to my wife and told her, she said, now, you go to church all the time, and you read your Bible, and, and you know, you're really, you really hooked up with, with, with God. She said, would you do me a favor, and, and just before he comes back, would you let me know? Because she was running around, living with a guy she wasn't even married to, and running, doing party, and doing all this kind of mess, just doing whatever she wanted to do. And she wanted her to be her, her conscience for her. Let me know. Let me know right before he comes back, because I, I want to get right. <laughs> she said, why don't you get right now? <laughs> but look, truth, this guy in the 1600s, Blaise Pascal, he was a theologian, physics, inventor. He had a lot of things he did. Listen to what he said. He said, truth is so obscure in these times and falsehood so established that unless we love the truth, we cannot know it. That's a powerful statement right there. Unless we love the truth, we cannot know it. I ask you this morning, do you love the truth? Do you love the word? Because if you don't, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. Because Jesus said he's the way. He said he's the truth and he's the life. Some people say, you talk a lot about Jesus. Well, I got to because he loves me. And he wants me to talk a lot about it. That's the only thing that's going to set the world free. That's the only thing that's going to change the world is Jesus and His Word. Now, in, in view of the, of the return of Christ, looking toward our future in, in Him, and things that that in, to be empowered to do the works that Christ wants us to do, uh, we got to have the Holy Spirit working in us. We got to have the Holy Spirit working in. We got to go to Him because He's going to speak to us from inside about the Word we read in the book and 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 help us understand it more. And and then again, you know, we got to have that nature of God. We can't think we can just run around here and live like the devil all week and then, and then come into church and a halo is going to suddenly fall upon our head. And we sit there and look around on Sunday morning. Oh, I'm in the house, therefore I am holy. No, that's not the way it works. We've got to do a daily life in the, in the way that we live. And then it requires the mind of Christ. Getting out of our mind and getting into the mind of Christ that our life can be what it needs to be. Now, that should be a goal for every believer. It really should, to, to, to get out of our mind and get the mind of Christ operating for us, and, and even in the, the, the little things that we do. I, uh, I saw this is a, a, a large group of students in a university. They decided they wanted to, to do this experiment with them, and so they had a, a company that made high-tech uh, headphones for them to listen to, and so, uh, so they divided these guys up in gr- into three different groups. And they told them, they said, now look, said, now when you listen with these headphones, we want to know, we want to get your opinion. Are they good headphones? You know, went through the whole process of making it like they were going to market these things and uh, market research. And so they said, uh, when you listen to them, you're going to hear a solo singer sing, and then you're going to hear a band come in and sing, and then you're going to hear an editorial, and we want to get your take on, on what you think about these wonderful new headphones that we have. So sure enough, they divided the divided group up. And they, they told them, now, Now one group of you, we just want you to sit there with your head real still as you're listening. The second group they went to, they said that, that, that we want you to take your, your head and move it up and down like this. And then a, another group, we want you to turn it from side to side. And we may ask you to dance or anything, so just be prepared. But when we, when we get to the editorial part, that's when we want you to do, sitting still, moving your head from side to side or up and down. Or dancing, What do we tell you to do. Well, when they divided them up, that's, they t- that's exactly what they did. This group, be still, don't move your head. This group, you know, up and down. This group, side to side. And I thought it's interesting because when they, when they did the experiment, they got finished. They asked them this question at the very end. They kind of threw this in. This was the zinger to, to do the experiment. They said, what do you feel like that your undergraduate cost should be at this college? And currently the, the tuition was, uh, it, uh, you know, the tuition was up. Uh, from what it had been that on the, the editorial they gave them they, they told them on the editorial we're going to raise it was a very argumentative editorial and they said we're going to raise the tutorial at this school for 163 dollars you can pay more than you're paying They made it real hard and so uh, so then they when they finished the experiment and they had that question on there and they wanted an answer the people who kept their heads still they said you know when they wrote in there they, it'd be okay to raise it this was an average it'd be okay to raise it five dollars that was the people who sat still. They were sitting there and thinking, well, you know, they could, they could, you know, maybe raise it $5. You know, they weren't thinking $163. The group that had their heads shaking it back and forth like that, they said, absolutely not. You need to lower it $120. $120. $120, because they were shaking their head back and forth. And then the group that were doing like this, were doing like that, they said, sure, you can raise it. In fact, raise it $53. In other words, the way their body movements were doing and what their actions they were doing affected the answers that they put on this paper. The ones who sat still really thinking about it, well, you could go a little bit, maybe five bucks, but certainly not as much as what these other guys wanted, shaking their head, no, uh-uh. They didn't, want it. they didn't want to raise it all, or the other ones. They wanted it only raised 50-some bucks. You see, the little things we have in mind sometimes, the things we do, the actions we do, the little things we have in mind makes a difference as, as, as much as good or bad in a lot of what we do. And our actions, our actions speak like our words do sometimes to us. We just find ourselves, have you ever done something and you say, what in the world did I do that for? Why did I do that? You know, why did I act like that? Why did I behave that way? But, but see, that'll, that'll affect our minds too, some of the actions that we do. It's the little things sometimes. And you think, well, what are you talking about? Well, think about it for a minute. Esau sold his birthright for just a bowl of soup. I mean, he went and told his brother, if you let me have that bowl of soup, I'll give you my birthright. He had firstborn birthright, and he gave it away for a little bowl of, of stew or soup that he was eating there. And, and think about Samson. Samson was not supposed to cut his hair. That was part of the deal as a Nazarite. He was not supposed to because he was a very strong man, a very powerful man. He was not supposed to drink strong drink. He was not supposed to, to, to live a life that was loose. He was supposed to be a Nazarite. He was going to be one of the judges, you know. And, and, and so what does he do? He let out one little secret. He tells Delilah, well, after a little toying with her for a while, he says, well, if I cut my hair, I'll lose my power. He lays his head down in her lap, goes to sleep, gets a haircut, and wakes up weak as could be. One haircut, one little thing took him out. And and, uh, uh, Ananias and Sapphira, remember that? In the Bible, in the New Testament, they were selling land, and and the people were, and they were bringing it in to help everybody out. Ananias and Sapphira, Ananias gets with his wife, said, we're going to sell our land, but we're going to keep back part of it. He goes in. And then all of a sudden the apostle looks at him, well, why would you keep it back? See, so he was thinking to himself. He was working this stuff over in his mind and let it get down into his heart. And that's what you'll do sometimes. You'll let it work in your mind and get to your heart. We all have that uh, propensity to do things like that. And those are the bad things. But think about the good things. Naaman went, all he had to do was get in the Jordan River and take a bath seven times. Wash off seven times, he comes out of that thing clean as a pen, you know skin all the leprosy's gone he looks on no sores on his body simply because he did what he was told by the prophet to do a simple thing like taking the bath dipping in there seven times i think too about david how that when he went to kill goliath all these guys were giving him a hard time but he goes out there picks up his five little rocks in there i think he could have thrown anything at goliath and he still would have got whacked i think he would have went down because it was god's plan but he didn't start off killing giants think about that goliath's a big man nine foot nine, nine inches tall Great big, they say he had about 700 pounds of armor. He's going at over a half a ton of mean is what he's facing down right there when he goes out there. But because God was working with him, he could take him on and he could do what he needed to do. And there may be somebody sitting in this room right now or maybe you're watching from somewhere and you feel like you're looking at a ton of mean in your life coming at you right now in a big way. Realize with God on your side, he didn't go out there and say, I'm the bad boy that's going to take you out. He went out there and said, you're messing with God Almighty. You're messing with one of his. I'm in this army that belongs to God. I'm the people of God. And when I come at you, you're going down. You're going to lose your head. He didn't just do the He lost his head. He lost the whole whole match right there in doing it. But see, that's the way. God operates in such a way, if we'll allow him to, he wants to take us way farther in most of our lives and we're willing to let him go. A little boy comes in with his little love, comes walking up and gives it to one of the disciples. You know, well, I know I got these little sardines here and, and some crackers. And next thing you know, Jesus is out there taking that and feeding thousands with it. You see, God will do when we give him something to work with. And, and, and when I was going through that whole process and, uh, and dealing with arthritis, I was going to meetings. I was going in. I didn't care if they're Baptist, Methodist, Catholic. Uh, Catholic you know, I, I didn't care. Church of God, it didn't matter. I just wanted to know what God could do to help my body. And so in doing that, I noticed I'd go to a meeting, and all of a sudden, man, I'd come out, and I'd be feeling good. And I'd go home, and a few days later, it's back again. And I thought, what's the world? I thought I got everything. Go back. But it wasn't on them. It wasn't the meeting that was doing it. It was me that was not letting God's word stay in my mind and holding it in there and, and keeping it down in my heart like I should. You see, righteous minds uh, oh please God. That leads to a God-pleasing life. And, and whoever or whatever has control of our mind is going to dictate the affairs of our life. That's why we have to plant the thoughts of God inside there. I like what this uh, Christian apologist, Tim Keller, he says. he says, If you say, I believed in God, I trusted God, and he didn't come through, You only trusted God to meet your agenda. That's a big thought right there. You weren't trusting Him to do His will. You were just trusting Him to meet your agenda, on your timing. And that's what we do. It's easy for us to put a like like put in a time clock. You put your card in, you stamp it for a certain time. We expect God to come through by that time, or it's not going to work. And we can't do that with God. We have to let Him be God in what we're doing. The Apostle Paul had to deal with this. The Apostle Paul said in, in, there in Romans, he said, uh, he said, I don't really understand myself sometimes. I don't. For I want to do what's right. You see, he realized that, that, uh, that the virtues of God, they, they flow through that Christian mind. And he realized that, that sometimes I, I don't let in what I need to be. Why, why do you say that about Apostle Paul? Because he was human. He was like the rest of us. Nobody, other than, Je- nobody other than Jesus Christ has ever been able to do that. But he did have a burning desire to do what was right. And on the scales of Christianity, he wanted to do way more right than he did wrong. And that's why it bothered him when he did something wrong. Do you know if you don't deal with that, your conscience will get seared and all of a sudden it doesn't matter if I do it anymore? You can actually make yourself believe that a particular sin is right to do and justified in your heart to where you believe it's right to do that now. Look around you folks. It's happened in the world to so many, so many people. Look at what it says here though. In Romans 7:25, uh, it says, I give all my thanks to God for his mighty power has finally provided a way out through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. So, if left to myself, the flesh is aligned with the law of sin. But now my renewed mind is fixed on and submitted to God's righteous principles. You see, the mind of God requires our cooperation. If we're going to have the mind of Jesus, we've got to cooperate with it. Uh, and, you know, like right now, I could ask you, what are your mind streaming in this moment? What's going through your mind right now? Is it, is it something that, that, that we're sharing up here, one of the scriptures? Uh, or are you thinking about something you're going to do when you get home? Thinking about the game tonight? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what's streaming through your mind. But if we don't have God thoughts streaming through our mind, if we let the whole world you know, dictate what we're thinking on, I, I, I wonder sometimes I, I see so many people that are so locked in on their phones walking around and and just like wh- wh- what are you looking at right here I mean are are you spending as much time uh, you, you know thinking about things of God as you do other things in your life? you know I like what Smith wigglesworth said you know he he was talking one time, but you know he he never prayed more than thirty minutes, but he never met more than thirty minutes without praying in other words he, he was God conscious, he had him thinking on it you know i I, I see people sometimes and get to talking with them I say, well you know, what, what do you, what's, your, what's your prayer life? Do you pray? Well, yeah, not, not every day, but I pr- I, you don't pray every day? I'd make that a priority. I'd make that a priority to pray every day if you don't already. Oh, well, what about your, your, your Bible? Do you, do you go through a book of the Bible? Well, I just kind of open it up and where it falls open, I start reading. Well, that's not the best way, ideally, to read your Bible. I mean, you're going to get something, but it, it's not just happenstance. See, God will put things in your heart sometimes, and you might be meditating on that for a whole month of what he's trying to get you to see through that particular passage of Scripture. So it, uh, if, if, we don't, if we don't purpose to do things for God, it'll become an automatic thinking thing that we'll do. We'll just take whatever thought comes in our mind, and, uh, and, and we'll find ourselves mind-streaming a whole lot that don't need to be there and doing it. You know, uh, I, I put it this way. I said, I, I need to fill my mind with what God's done for me. And there's times where I need to do that. It's it's like a, it's like a clearinghouse, uh, you know, where they have the clearinghouse where they have all these things come in and all this central agency, and then they ship out all these different things. Uh, Our mind's like that too. There's some things that we need to ship out, and there's some things that we need brought in in order for us to do what God would have us to do with our life. And uh, and by the way, publisher clearinghouse, if anybody wins that, I'm up for adoption. Whatever day you win it, just call me, and I don't mind changing my last name. I'll be glad to do that. We'll make it happen. But, uh, but what happens is the Word of God wants to get in our mind. We need to let it get in there and, and then let it stay in there, kind of like a cow chewing her cud. You know, they have about, they got like four compartments in their stomach, and they'll have that cud in there, and they'll chew on it a while. Usually they'll lay down and, and, uh, and chew on that cud, and, and then they'll regurgitate it and chew it some more and keep doing it until it's digested in their body. I, I, was, I was reading this one cow nutritionist. I don't own a cow. I really don't. Uh, I'll eat a cow, but I don't own one. But uh, I was reading this cow nutritionist, and she was talking about how the that cud chewing process is part of a healthy life for that cow. It's something they're supposed to do. It makes them, it makes them healthier. It makes them more content. And it does sound, I thought, man, that's the same way meditation works for us as a Christian. As we meditate on God's Word, we become spiritually more healthy. As we meditate on God's Word, we're, we're more comfortable in what God's doing at whatever stage of our life is in or whatever we're going through in our life. There's a comfort that comes with that, and it helps us. David said in Psalm 66, 18, and 19, he says, if, if I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened, but surely God has heard. He has listened to my voice in prayer. In other words, what's David saying here? David's saying that he can't keep sin. He's got to deal with sin. If he feels convicted about something, he's got to get that out. He's got to move it from his body because he wants to stay alert to the things of God and be able to do uh, what he would have him to do. And the only way we're going to get the final word on the matter is to get what God's word says on the matter. That's the final word. That's the one we're going to go with uh, as, we, as we live our life for him I thought it's kind of funny because I read this story about this guy and uh he went into this office this office manager I hired him and he went in and the office manager said what's your name and he said my name's John and he said look he said you don't don't ever give me your first name he said nobody goes by first name around here in fact I demanded not to be so he said as far as having a job here I call everybody by their last name you can't come in giving me your first name and, and, and you're gonna call me Mr. Robinson you understand me he said yes sir and he said all right what's your last name he said, "Darling, my name is John Darling." So the guy looks at him. And says, "Okay, John. Well, next thing I'll talk to you about." <laughs> all of a sudden, his thing, uh, his name was the final word on the thing. It made a change with it. Now uh, look at this. What it says? It says, "Don't let the world sque- around you squeeze you into his own mold, but let God remold your minds from within, so that you may prove in practice that the plan of God for you is good, that it meets all His demands, and moves towards the goal of true maturity." When you lock into this and you begin to realize that that I'm going to change the way I'm thinking, I'm going to begin to think like you. I'm going to choose to not think on the things uh, that harm me, hurt me, or are bad in the world. I choose. And we all have to do this. I mean, good night. We're living in a time now where information is all around us. We have to change our mind. We can't just lock it in. If if we didn't watch the news all day and and just stay in that, then guess what's going to happen? Our mind is going to be all messed up in what we're doing. Am I against news? No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying, we have to let the good news override the daily news. It's got to be stronger. The good news has to be more powerful. And You might say, well, these things that you're telling us right now are such simple. I mean, this, that, and the other. But you know what I found out? A lot of people don't do them. It's like the simpler something is, the less likely somebody will do it sometimes. And these are things these are just basic things. And, and, and if, we, if we do those things and, and allow God to, he will give us a better life. That's a fact. I'm telling you that right now. I, I, I purpose to do this in my heart. There's sometimes at night uh, when I'm laying in bed and my mind wants to go nuts and start thinking about all the crazy stuff, and I, I just tell my mind, shut up mind, shut up. We're going to listen to God for a while, and, and I'll just start praying or or I'll, I'll start practicing preaching or something in my brain. You know, all of a sudden I'm looking at these people and, and uh, did you know there's a guy at the airport? He was at the uh, uh, Chicago airport. I just saw this piece on him. He's waiting for his plane. He's there at Midway Airport in Chicago. And all of a sudden, he just stands up with the people sitting there. He said, hey, everybody, hey, everybody, let's sing Amazing Grace. And they started singing Amazing Grace, the people sitting there. Some of them were raising their hand. And and then then when he got through with it, you know what he did? He even had the salvation prayer. He said, let's say this, and led them in a salvation prayer. Right there in the airport. I believe God's going to be doing some things like that in the days we're living in. You know, there's two mind types, though, that, that will lead to destruction that we need to be aware of. One of them is the closed mind. Ephesians says... And so I insist, and God backs me up on this, that there be no going along with the crowd. The empty-headed, mindless crowd. They refused so long, for so long, to deal with God that they've lost touch, not only with God, but with reality itself. They can't even think straight anymore. There again, we see God's Word speaking to us. We can't follow crowd but we can't do what we want to do but we can't just follow the crowd and, and, and do any way we want to do uh, we don't want to we don't want to get empty-headed uh, I, I read this story is about a, a preacher it was actually about his son uh, his teenage son he was running track and uh, he got home that day the dad couldn't be at the meet and, but the boy was there and his younger brother was there and and uh, so when his dad gets home he asked him that evening he says, son how'd you do with the meet today And uh, he said, well, dad, he said, I I didn't, I finished last. I didn't, I didn't win. I finished last. And he, and his dad was sympathetic. He said, well, you know, he said, there's always going to be winners and losers. He said, but, uh, but the important thing is you were there. His little brother spoke up and said, uh-uh, daddy, he wasn't there. He didn't, he, 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 he left. He, He said, what do you mean he left? He said, well, he only, he only ran part of it. When he was behind, he just left and didn't, he didn't finish running. He quit. He left the track. And his dad looked at him and said, son, is that true? Did you, did you leave? Did you not finish the track? He said, yes. So his dad gets him, loads him in the car and takes him down, puts him on the track. He says, you're going to finish that race. He said, wherever you were at, you're going to go from there and you're going to finish that race. And he did. The boy did. And he, he ran the race and finished it. His little brother, uh, this preacher happened to be the, the younger brother that was telling the story. He said, you know, my brother, from that point on, he said he never, ever again didn't finish something. He always followed through. And, and that's important. We got to have followed through. We can't close our mind off to, to, to where we're at in life. We've got to stay open to what God wants us to do. And some people do that sometimes. They say, well, I've been this, and I'm a certain age. I don't have to do this anymore. No, we don't close our mind off to serving God. We keep our mind open and go forward, and we want to win the race that he set us in. Another mind we want to avoid is the evil mind, the evil mind. And it says this, And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by your wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. You know, and, and and he has. God has reconciled our mind. No, he's made it possible for us to have that mind that can follow God and follow the ways of God. I'll never forget. I was in the airport, and uh, this particular airport was in uh, JFK, and I was going to Africa to do my do my uh, mission trip there. And I had all the I had these big trunks, and I had all these bags and everything. Have you ever been to an airport? It's crazy up there. They say like something like ninety different, you know. Different airlines work out of that airport, and it was crazy. There's just people from everywhere, and I was struggling trying to get my boxes and, and all these things to get on the train to take me to, to, to where I need to be at my gate, and uh, the guy there, he said, look, he said, you got way too much. You're not supposed to carry this much on the plane, and, uh, and I told him, I said, well, I, I, I didn't know, and I was just I was shuffling trying to get stuff away. He, you know, he looked at me and said, you know what, though? He said, since it's what you're doing, I'm going to let you take it. He said, I can't guarantee what will happen to the other end, but I can get you out of New York. And he did. And, uh, and I was able to do it. But I was overwhelmed when I was looking at that. I, I realized, and looking at all these people and how is all this going to happen? But I had to focus my mind on the fact God, you're sending me to Africa to do a mission trip. I'm going to accomplish that trip, and I'm going to get everything I got here with me. And, and, and God came through for me. Notice in Matthew 10:39, it says, Whoever finds his lower life, look what happens with it, will lose it. The higher life, and then whoever, that's right, whoever finds his lower life will lose it the higher life, and whoever loses his lower life, on my account, will find it, the higher life. You don't lose the higher life. You want to get the higher life. There's a thing they use in computer science, and GIGO, garbage in, garbage out. What we put into it makes a big difference, folks. Here in 2020, going into 2021, we need to make sure that we're putting the good stuff in it. There's a word that's called sophro now. So for now. And this word is a Greek word and it means having a sound mind. It's talking about a mind that will curb passions if they're wrong. It's talking about a mind that's solid and intent on accomplishing a life that's pleasing to God. You know, we, we, we've seen this all through the Bible, how that God would work in people's lives and, and, and how that he would accomplish things. The point when Jesus, they wanted to throw him off a, of a mountain because, or off of a cliff, I should say, because they were upset with him because he didn't meet the mold that they thought it would be. Right there in his own hometown where he grew up in Nazareth and they're ready to toss him. But he walked right through the crowd because he had that power and that authority. I'm believing today there's people sitting here that's going to have power and authority to do things you didn't know you were capable of doing. If you open your mind and allow God to work in it, he'll do it for you. Well, let's look. One last verse here. Colossians 3.10, it says, You are living a brand new kind of life that is continually learning more and more of what is right and trying to constantly be more and more like Christ who created this new life in you. You have to challenge your thinking to think like Christ did you 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 need times maybe to preface your thought with because god loves me i do that sometimes god i know you love me and, and as, you, as long as you're hooked up with his love you can recognize he's going to do something for you and then and then and there's times too where you you just have to change your thoughts and start praising god and thinking on the good things and i know i'm drilling down hard on this today because i think it's important i've met so many people that They say they go to church or they say they're a Christian or whatnot, but then I I look at how they're living and what they're saying and what they're doing. I thought, wait a minute here, that that don't line up with the Bible I read, you know. Have we forgot that sin is sin at times? Have we forgot that God is a convicting God, that he wants us to live a life that's pleasing to him? And sometimes it's just, you know, the Bible says when people are down, what are you supposed to do? Go, go, just go get another handful of pills or go to somebody and tell them to feel sorry and pat me on the back? No, his word says put on a garment of praise. You begin to praise him. God, you're going to get me through this trying time. You're going to get me through these tough days. You're going to get me through these situations because you do love me, because you care about me. And then you know what's one of the most amazing things you can do? is be an encourager to someone else. Be an encourager to someone else. This story I really like. This lady was, she was in the airport. I mean, not the airport. I'm stuck on the airport today. i got to get out of the airport, and get to the shopping mart. She's in a grocery line, and she's standing behind this man and his two children. And as she's standing there, uh, on the register that rings up for the man in front of her is, uh, is $94.10. Well, when she sees the, the 94.10 on it, and this realized, too, this was about 10 p.m. at night, it doesn't go through for him. And so he takes his card, and, and he, he pulls a few things back, said, so, can you put back the apples, you know, and puts his card in, still doesn't work. Well, he takes back some more. Can you, can you take the tuna off? And, and, and he's doing this over and over, and she's standing there in line. Now, for many of us, our mind would be thinking, well, you jerk, why didn't you know how much money you had in your card? I mean, you, I mean we can let our mind go that way. But she's standing there watching this situation as item after item is put away, and the kids are standing there and just, dad, dad, because it was something they wanted to eat. And so she's watching this, and all of a sudden, it's like she felt a nudge on the inside. You know, something pushed her almost. And it was God speaking to her, pay for these groceries. Well, immediately, her mind jumps in, wait a minute. you have that much? Can you pay for it? She starts thinking these things, and, and she's thinking, oh, I don't know. you know. And, and all of a sudden, she, you know, she's feeling this nudge. God's just working on her. And then she starts thinking, wait a minute. What if I say something? And it embarrasses them. You see, your mind will take you places away from what God wants you to do if you don't deal with it. And all of a sudden she realized that I've got to say something because it wasn't leaving her. That thing was kept coming up, you know, and, and from her spirit on the inside. And, and finally she just avoids her mind and she says, look, cashier, go ahead and put everything back that he got. I'm going to pay for it. And the cashier looks at her like she's nuts. you going to pay for all this, everything? And she says, yep, I'm going to pay for all of it, the 94 to 10, the whole bit. And so she did. The cashier ran it through. She hands her her card. She runs the thing through. And then she walks over to her, or, or walks over toward him with him and his little kids there. And the man's there. He's bawling. He's crying. He looked at her, and he started thanking her. Thank you so much. I, I, I'm a single dad. And it's, it's been tough lately. It's been kind of hard. And she says, I understand. No, you don't have to tell me. I've been there. And the little kids are over there, and they run over, and they grab her and start hugging on her and thanking her. Now, that's a pretty story right there if I stop right there, isn't it? But let me go forward about two months. Now, she didn't tell this man that God told her to do that. She didn't tell him any of this. She's sitting in her church, in a seat in her church, beside her family, and her husband's there beside her. She happens, this is two months later, she happens to look down in the, the row, and there says that man, his daughter, and his son all sitting on her row. Two months later, the fruit came in of what she had done in that one single act. But now she'd listened to her mind and thought, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm I'm not going to do this. And let her mind have control and think, well, I don't have enough money. i got to take care of my family. i got to take care. She could let her mind do it. But she didn't do it. She followed what God was speaking to her heart. He speaks through his word. He speaks to our heart. And with it all comes his will for our life. And if we allow God to, he'll use us and will use us to bless the lives of others if we're ready to have the mind of Christ. Maybe you're in here this morning. Maybe you say, yeah, I need to lose my mind to get the mind of Christ working for me like I need to. I hope you do. I really hope you do. I'd like you if you would just bow your head for just a moment because there could be somebody in here this morning that that maybe you've never asked Christ in your heart before. Maybe you're, you're, you're sitting there and and you're thinking, man, he's talking a lot about the mind, the mind, the mind. You know, your mind will try to stop you from giving your heart to Jesus. It will. It'll give you every excuse you can think of. I'll do it next time. Uh, no, I'll wait to another. It'll be a better time. He's not the senior pastor. I'll wait to the senior pastor. Here. There's all kinds of excuses that the enemy will try to bring to you to stop you from doing the will of God. And if you're in here today and that applies to you and you'd like to give your heart to Jesus, say, mind, Shut up. I'm giving my heart to Jesus today. If you'd like to give your heart to Jesus today, is anybody like that? If you would just raise your hand up because I'm going to pray for you. Anyone in the room today that needs to give your heart to the Lord and you feel like now I'm not going to listen to my mind. Raise anyone else. I see another one. Okay. You. All right. Anyone else? I've seen it. Another one. All right. Anyone else? Anyone else? All right. I want to pray for those. I don't know exactly how many, four, four or five of you raised your hand. God's going to give you that in mind. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, say this with me. In fact, everybody say this. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe your word. Today is my day for salvation. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe he's your son. I believe he died on the cross. I believe he rose from the dead. And I believe now he lives in my heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, with your head still bowed just for a moment? I want to ask one more thing. We're almost done here. If you're here today and you've been having a battle for your mind, it's just like lately you've been bombarded with stuff. It's like the enemy won't turn loose on you. Uh, would, would you. Would you be willing to raise your hand? Because i got something else I want to pray for you. All right? Oh, lots of hands going up. Okay, I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see every hand that just raised in that moment. Father, there's probably some sitting there that that wanted to raise their hand, but still didn't have quite the courage to do it. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask you to plant those holy, godly thoughts. I ask you, Father God, in the times of distress, in the times of discouragement, in the times of despair, that you'll rise up on the inside of them. That, Father God, they'll feel you like it's just like water rising up. They'll notice, Father God, and see and, and have that proving on the very inside. That you're working through them all the way up through them till it gets to that mind. And Father God, we thank you that you've not given us a mind created for evil and bad things. You've given us a mind created for love and good things. And so, Father, I'm asking you, because you love them, because you love all of us, Father God, I'm asking you to begin to plant those things. And Lord, I pray for those too that that, that maybe are, are, are desiring to see opportunities where they can step out and do some things for your glory. Lord, bring those opportunities. Let it be like the man at the airport or like the lady in the line. Lord, show them things. And when that mind tries to turn them off, you turn them on, Lord God. You show them that they can accomplish great things this day in the name of Jesus. We give you honor, glory, and praise, and we go away from here with joy in our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Go do something for God this week.